Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Body Justice. I started this podcast because I believe that all bodies are good bodies. All bodies are deserving, worthy, and all bodies are whole, just as they are. In today's world, it's ever hard to embody this as our truth. My mission is to create a space to process body image, eating disorders, and relationships through a justice-oriented lens. I'm a licensed therapist in California and an eating disorder survivor myself. I know what it's like to be at war with myself and also to find peace again. Thank you for being here and I look forward to being your host. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Body Justice. Before we get started today, I want to tell you guys all how thankful I am for all the messages and emails I get um, telling me how much you're loving Body Justice and what is what you're learning from the show and what's sticking with you. It really makes my day to get those messages. Um, and if you haven't already, I would really appreciate you to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review for me. Um, this helps the body justice message get out to more people. The more ratings and reviews I get, the more the algorithm pushes the podcast out to more people. So please go ahead and do that. And thank you to everyone who already has. Um, the other thing is, of course, go check out my online course, Essential Skills for Eating Disorder Recovery. It is self-paced. You can do it at any time. And it's jam-packed with tons of tools to help you fast-track your recovery journey. This can be found in my Instagram bio link. Um, and then today we're going to get started talking to Kate Dancy, a licensed therapist who specializes in both eating disorders and OCD. We actually work together at the Eating Disorder Center, so I'm super excited to pick her brain today. She's got so much wisdom and knowledge, and we're going to talk about why fat positivity is a game changer in anyone's recovery journey from eating disorder and body image issues. So no matter if you identify being in a smaller or larger body, fat positivity is key when it comes to making peace with our body image. So Kate, can you tell listeners a little bit about who you are, how you identify, and what you're passionate about? Yes, absolutely. And, and first of all, I wanted to say just thanks so much for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, my name is Kate Dancy and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and therapist. Um, I specialize in the treatment of eating disorders and obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, I would say I'm, I'm really quite passionate about a lot of things, but I'm, I'm really very passionate about um, health at every size and um, empowering and helping people recover from eating disorders. Yeah, that's awesome. And just so all the listeners know, Kate and I actually are coworkers. So <laughs> We've never actually met in person because she's on opposite sides of the U.S., but she is awesome. So I'm so happy she's talking to us today. Um, Kate, can you talk about what led you to become so passionate about being an eating disorder therapist? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I really felt called to social work at a, at a very young age. Um, uh, I would say it was probably in high school. Um, I took a psychology class and um, just really kind of fell in love with it. And, um, but I always felt drawn to um, caring and helping kind of professions. Um, I feel like I was really taught um, 
really taught to sort of always give back and to be very, um, very just very caring and, and, you know, always thinking of other people. Um, I feel like my parents taught me that. And um, then um, when I started college was uh, when I was really struggling with my own eating disorder and um, uh, things really just came full circle for me. And, and I very, um, I just very naturally felt drawn to the field that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. So your own experience really paved part of the passion in terms of focusing on eating disorders as a therapist. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And you also work with OCD, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Do you see often like a lot of overlap between the two? I do. They're very much related disorders. Yeah. I... So yeah, I do see a lot of overlap there. Yeah. It's so helpful to be able to treat both because yeah, I definitely get lots of yes. clients with both too. Absolutely. So I really loved your chapter in Jennifer Rowland's book, um, her Inside Scoop on Eating Disorder Recovery book. You had a chapter on fat positivity. Um, Can you tell my listeners a little bit about fat positivity and why it is so crucial in terms of body acceptance? Absolutely. Yeah, I think... um... I think that, you know, what I, what I wrote in the, um, in the essay was that I don't think anyone can recover without fat positivity, no matter what size body you're in. I, I think that um, the idea that you can't be happy or successful um, and, and, you know, have a beautiful life if you live in a larger body is um, so at the core of eating disorders, uh, especially anorexia, but really at, at any eating, of any eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to recover, you have to really move past the idea that, you know, you're less than if your body is larger. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think that is oftentimes some of those core fears underneath, well, I just don't want to be quote unquote fat. It's really like tying that to feeling like that means I'm unlovable or unacceptable or I'm not going to be successful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Could you define fat positivity for my listeners? Some of them may not have heard that term. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, I think there's probably different definitions of it, but um, but what it means to me is that the word fat is not is not an insult. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you know, so the word fat being a non-judgmental term, you know, in in the same way, tall, you know, or um, or something else, you know, might be uh, a non-judgmental term that doesn't mean something so negative. Like, so, so making it a more kind of just a much more neutral um, term. Yes, totally. Like it's not, um, fat isn't a bad word, right? And exactly. so taking exactly. away that power that systems of oppression have turned that word into. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I do especially love the phrase um, you know, you know, living in a larger body. I, I feel like that also gets, that also kind of um, speaks to the idea that, you know, we're, we're all so much more than a body. Like we live in our bodies, but we are not our bodies or not. They're not, we're, that's not who we are. Right. Yeah. And I find that like in my work with clients with larger bodies, sometimes, well, oftentimes it's, quite a journey to get to a place of like fat positivity. It's not something that just like happens overnight. There's so much for sure layers and barriers. How did definitely in your chapter in Jennifer's book, you talk about um, kind of your journey with that. Can you tell a little listeners about how you got to that place? 
Yeah, I think that um, I really, I think around my, my freshman year of college or a little later, um, I had just kind of a really kind of profound shift where I was able to kind of look at the bigger picture of my life. And, um, and when I thought about what I wanted my life to be, you know, I, I wanted to fill my life with so many things. You know, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to um, find a partner. And, you know, when I just really thought about it, um, when I really thought about it, I, I couldn't keep the eating disorder and have all the other things I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, and I knew that like accepting my body at, at whatever its size it was going to be was, was a big part, <clears throat> excuse me, of recovering. Mm-hmm. So you got to a point where you were like, well, all these other things I want in my life, like really taking that long-term view are not going to happen with the eating disorder. So I basically have to find a way to accept my body wherever it wants to be. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, as, as I kind of found my, my stride and free, um, and was able to sort of let my body be where it wanted to be. I really, um, so many good things happened. You know, I finished college. I went to graduate school. I, you know, met my husband. I, you know, so many good things happened after I, after I kind of let my body be where it wanted to be. Right. And, that's just, yeah, so amazing that you were able to take that long-term view because I think so many people struggle with that. Like they can't see past, you know, their own eating disorder or, you know, and it makes sense. Like there's so much oppression, right? Like it's really hard to see past it when you're being constantly fed messages that are otherwise. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm wondering like, because I can just hear the voices of my listeners saying, okay, but how did you actually do it like how were you able to just start accepting your body in a world that is so full of you know anti-fat bias yeah I mean I think um I think certainly surrounding yourself with people who um are you know very fat positive um and people who get it I I think that's super super important um and I think that helps a lot Mm-hmm. So people could do that even like with just social media, right? Like following people of diverse exactly. sizes. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, and definitely I think um, including like making your your media feed um, very diverse in terms of including different body shapes and sizes and, and all of that. Um, I think that makes a huge difference. Totally. And I think one thing that I try to highlight to clients a lot too, is like, I want you to actively see people of all sizes living happy, fulfilling lives, you know, because the narrative we're sold is that like, that's just not possible. But when you actually open your eyes and look around you, you see people of all sizes and happy relationships and marriages and successful careers, like body size. Absolutely. Yeah, I think really looking at the narrative is um, the, the narrative that you're telling is is really important. Like, you know, am I going to be in a larger body and happy uh, and successful, or am I thinking, you know, larger body immediately equals um, unhappy, unsuccessful, alone, you know, things like that. But that's it's just not true, right? And do you feel like that was something? that you were able to believe like after those things happened for you, like you said, after you met your husband and, or 
did a shift happen before that where you were like, no, I am capable of having these things in my body? I think that I, I think that I had faith that those good things could happen to me Mm -hmm. in, in the body I was in. Um, and that's what helped, but certainly the fact that all these positive things have happened only, you know, reinforces that sort of faith that I had. Yeah. That seems key. Like having that faith. Cause I think that's one of the biggest barriers I see with some clients is like, they just have these deeply held beliefs that they will not find like a fulfilling relationship um, or be able to start dating, you know, until their body is quote unquote smaller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that with the, the events of all, um, with the events of 2020 and getting through, um, through the pandemic, I mean, I think we all know that like life is short and we shouldn't wait. Um, we shouldn't wait for things to, to be perfect before we, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause things are never perfect. Smaller body, larger body, right? Like exactly, exactly. Bad days. Yeah. You can, I mean, I think you can waste a lot of time waiting, you know, mm-hmm. for things to be perfect before you, before you go for something that you want. Right. And then you're missing out on opportunities along the way. Exactly. How do you, you know, when you have clients that you're working with in larger bodies, is there talk around like, how do I help them build resilience in terms of living in this world that is so oppressive to those in larger bodies? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I like to think that, you know, I I like to be able to use myself as kind of a touchstone, you know, if someone comes in and is like, well, uh, you know, so, so so-and-so said that if I'm shaking because of hunger, that's a good thing. And that means my weight loss, you know, journey is, is working or, you know, going well, like, I like to be able to be that touchstone to kind of help them um, check the facts and just sort of be like, oh, okay, wait a minute, that that was pretty disordered there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so being able to lead by example, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure that helps your clients trust you that much more too. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and in terms of fat phobia, can we talk a little bit about that and like the difference between internalized fat phobia and externalized fat phobia? That yes, I you know I think it's super super important um, to to talk about that. Um, I think one of the goals of treatment um, is to is to move um, is is to move people from you know internalized fat phobia in which you know they experience a lot of shame um, to being able to sort of externalize you know and say okay there's not something wrong with me there's something wrong with society or there's something wrong with you know, with the way my doctor approached me or, um, or something like that. I, I think that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Like to be able to see society as the problem, not your body. Exactly. Exactly. And then like, you know, of course, so I'm someone with thin privilege. I might have internalized fat phobia, but I don't experience it from the external world, you know, part of that privilege, but for our clients in larger bodies, obviously they are going to face real oppression um, mm-hmm. from, you know, medical providers, everyone. How do you mm-hmm. help them cope with that? Um, I just, you know, what so, so I'll do is um, 
is work a bit on reframing. I mean, so for example, like um, it's not at all uncommon to hear uh, to hear clients talk about, well, my mom said this and my mom kept asking me about have I lost any weight yet or things like that and sometimes we're able to kind of reframe that person as sort of also being you know a victim of sorts you know to the culture or to maybe their parent or to a friend or you know something along those lines and um and you know kind of trying to think of that person as lacking education mm-hmm. um and and you know empowering people to say hey have you heard about health at every size or, you know, hey, you familiar with intuitive eating? Like, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, so helping put them in a role of, of educator, um, I think can be pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like really empowering them with the real science, right? Like health at every size and intuitive eating and- Exactly. Um, helping that people in their circle are able to change their narrative as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and I think sometimes it's more successful than others, but even still, I think speaking up feels really good. Right. Exactly. Like it helps you almost like break from that shame that keeps you silent. It's like, nope, I'm putting up a boundary here. I don't, you know, believe in this. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and I'm actually glad you mentioned the word boundary. Like I think setting boundaries is another, you know, really big place um, that we were, you know, so just, just being able to sort of say, Ooh, I'm, I'm not available for that conversation. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm not available to talk about, um, you know, about your diet or, um, you know, your, your pill, you know, diet pills that you're selling or, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, setting boundaries is a huge, huge part of that. Yeah. And I imagine even like in doctor's offices, right? Like a hundred percent. I don't want to talk about my weight or I don't want to be weighed. Um, gosh, yeah, I feel like that's probably one of the hardest places because it's like this person in power. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, I think there's a huge power in balance. And um, I think that's another really important place where boundary setting is key. Um, so, you know, something just as simple as saying, you know, today I'd really like to focus on this you know, um, the reason they came in, um, or using phrases like, you know, so do you have any clients and, you know, or, or patients in smaller bodies who experience this and what mm-hmm. do you recommend for them? Yeah, that's a really good one. I love both of those. Like even when the, you know, the doctor brings up weight and that's not the reason why someone's coming in just saying, Oh, you know, I'd like to focus on this. I mean, exactly. if the doctor keeps arguing, that's yeah. Time to find a new doctor. <laughs> Yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I've even had like clients bring in um, like health at every size articles to their doctors, um, which for the most part has been pretty well accepted, um, at least like no backlash towards the client. But so I don't know, what's your thoughts on that? Like just bringing the research to doctors. I love that. I mean, I think having it in black and white like that, like right on paper, Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, any, whatever, I think whatever works yeah. is, is great. I, you know, I, I really like just saying something, you know, what, you know, what I personally do with the doctor is I'll say, are you familiar with health at every size? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a yes. And sometimes it's a no. Um, and, you know, I'll really take that opportunity to talk, to educate, you know, again, to be in that role of educator, um, help them understand that there's a different way of looking at things. 
Yeah. What is that like when you, like in times when you've had to like tell doctors, this is what health at every size is like, <laughs> do they generally receive it well? For them, yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, and what I will say is I feel like after I make a statement, you know, I, I feel just much better. I feel more in a position, um, in more of a position where there's more, I guess, equality in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and yeah, so I, I think it works pretty effectively. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about like, it's more, even if the doctor doesn't get it, it's like more for you, right? Like exactly that empowering, um, setting that boundary. Exactly. Exactly. What are some common microaggressions against folks in larger bodies that we need to be aware of to really create a safer world for folks in larger bodies? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're everywhere. Um, you know, so much so it's almost it's almost hard to name them sometimes. So ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's you know it's everywhere. It can be it can be as simple as um, the size of a chair in a restaurant or um, uh, or, um, I'm trying to think, you know, what else, um, like transportation and tra yeah, transportation and, um, you know, uh, the availability of, uh, clothing that is attractive yeah. and available in, in larger sizes. I mean, that's, um, uh, that's a, that's a really big, um, and, and I think very important issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. And it's, interesting too because it's changes in different countries like yes mm -hmm. obviously we have a lot of that here in U.S. clothing but then like in European countries it's even harder um, yeah that's a really good point that's a really good point it's yeah that's a huge thing like everyone deserves to be able to find clothes in their size and not Absolutely. have to like pay extra or you know just go through all these hoops just to find something that fits yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then like the medical field and even just, you know, the field of mental health, like even if we just think about our field, there's so much discrimination still um, in the eating disorder world. Like, yeah, yes, it's true. Yeah. What are some of those common things you see even in the eating disorder world that provides like unsafe environments for people in larger bodies? Yeah, absolutely. And um, ironically, I um, I once was interviewing for a therapist job um, and actually had the person interviewing me comment on my weight, my body size. Mm. Um, so that's like, that's a pretty extreme example. Um, but um, I, yeah, I will say like, I don't think we have enough therapists, you know, fully educated about health at every size. And, you know, many, many, many providers who treat eating disorders also list obesity as something mm -hmm. they treat or they they do things like help uh, help clients with you know quote unquote weight management which is directly right. in opposition to um health at every size principles um so yeah i think it's i think it's highly problematic yeah absolutely i that pisses me off so bad when i'm like <laughs> trying to find clients dietitians or you know just more people on their team and then you go to the website and sometimes they'll even say health at every size. And then like a few bullet points before, after that it's weight management. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I think that I really, you know, um, I really, you know, I respect the therapists, you know, out there, the other, you know, the other therapists out there. Um, but I think that that's a really, really, um, 
big sign to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're if you're looking, for, you know, it, depending on what you're looking for. But yeah, I think that's a really really good uh, time to run away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what would you say to someone? Cause I've had this where a client will ask me, well, you know, how do I lose weight, um, with a health at every size informed lens? Like, um, I, I would say that, um, that's a good question. I think, I think I would, I think I would ask them why, mm-hmm. like, why, why do you want to lose weight? Um, and try to explore, explore that a little bit more. But I would also say that, you know, health at every size isn't about intentional weight loss. And, and, you know, typically what I do is, is educate people that sometimes when they, sometimes when they start doing health at every size and they're more in tune with their body, you know, their weight might change. It's, it's certainly possible. We just, um, but I, I would try to help them redirect, Mm -hmm. redirect their energy and, and, you know, and try to better understand what their narrative is. Yeah, absolutely. And just really looking at like actual health behaviors, not, um, not putting weight loss as a goal. It's just, can we set it like on the back burner, you know, even exactly. sometimes clients will just run when you tell them that's not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's no, that's very true. Sometimes they will. Yeah. Um, in terms of body image, how would you define positive body image and what are some tools that you use to help your clients get there? Definitely. Yeah. So to me, positive body image just means kind of, kind of stuff I've already you know spoken a little bit about, but just knowing that you're so much more than a body and, um, and, you know, recognizing that, you know, I cannot like my body today and know that I'm still a, a really good person, that I'm very smart and successful. And, um, and so just, just, you know, taking away that, that really overvalued idea that like body size means everything. Mm-hmm. So really detaching that from your worth. Exactly, exactly. But I think um, so many, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think so many people struggle with the term positive body image because they think that means, oh, I have to like love how I look. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there's some people who get there. They, they do get there. They say, okay, I love how, my look, how I look. And, um, and something I'll often say is just, you know, it's, that it's important to remember that like bodies were not created to be ornamental. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, we're not a Christmas ornament to hang on a tree. You know, we're not, we're not a wreath on the door. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're people and we live in our bodies, but like our purpose is so much bigger than that. Right. Like our body is like our instrument to get through the world, not something to be like admired. Exactly. Exactly. You don't, you don't exist. You don't exist to be decorative. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think finding a purpose is so, so important. Yes. So that's like a big tool you use then like help clients look at what is your purpose in life? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, do you need to, do you really need to be a certain size to achieve that? I mean, um, because, you know, most often the answer is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, other, other tools, I mean, I think, and this is related, I think identifying what your real values are. Um, uh, and one of the things I like to do to help people 
you know, start to kind of figure that out is just ask them who they really, really admire. Mm-hmm. Um, and never in my career have I had someone say, yeah, I totally admire so-and-so because she has a teeny tiny waist or, right. you know, something along those lines. Cause she's really, really skin, you know, skinny. Um, it's always been, you know, my mom, because she's so kind or, um, my best friend, because, uh, she's, you know, she's such a great feminist and stands up for herself so incredibly well, or my dad, because he's so funny and, you know, nobody ever says, nobody ever says anything about anybody's body when I ask that question. Yeah. Agreed. I love asking that one too. And it's so interesting Mm -hmm. because we, when we think of other people, we don't have those same like rules and expectations we put on ourselves. Like we're so hard on ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was asking too, like, how do you want to like, remember your life, you know, when you're like, um, and that, yeah, elicits those true values and then clients get to see, oh, there's this discrepancy between how I'm living my life and how, like what I actually value. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I also Um, find, and I don't know if this is true for you. Like I usually like have to help clients not have to, but, um, end up helping clients set up like a daily, like routine of how are you going to talk to your body? How are you going to treat your body? Like something to rewire all those messages. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's super, super important. So, um, so not, um, not um, doing things that reinforce the the idea that their their bodies are unworthy or mm-hmm. something like that. Yes, so many book recommendations and <laughs> podcasts. Mm-hmm. I always say like it's almost like we have to like rebrainwash ourselves from diet culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I like how you said that. Like you know, un- unbrainwash. You know, I, I completely agree that there is there's quite a bit of brainwashing. Yeah, that occurs. Yes. Yeah. I always tell clients like it's called diet culture for a reason. Like (laughs) the word cult is right in there. I love that. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So for anyone that's listening that, you know, identifies as being in a larger body, what is one piece of advice you would give them in terms of being able to be kind to their body, no matter what the culture says? I think that one of the most important things you can do is make sure you surround yourself with people who are, um, are health at every size themselves. Um, you know, so someone, someone who, you know, looks past or, or, you know, doesn't, doesn't view you as a body, you know, but views you as a person in a body and not the other way around, you know? So I think surrounding, I think surrounding yourself um, with people like that who are empowering and accepting of um, body diversity, um, but I think the other the other big thing that I, I identify myself. I mean, I'm a, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a therapist. I have so many other things um, that make up who I am, and and many of them have nothing to do with my body. Mm-hmm. So really, being able to see like all the things about you um, that have nothing to do with your body size or shape. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And I think that could be like one of that daily, those daily kind of practices, like reminding yourself like daily, because I Mm -hmm. think, especially when you're in the process of recovery until it becomes more automatic, like it takes constant reframes and reminding. It does. It does. Yeah. So just, I I love that, like kind of using that as an affirmation more than a body, more than a body. 
Yeah, I remember in recovery, I had to put like sticky notes all over my mirror <laughs> with affirmations. And that's a great thing to do. I love that. Mm -hmm. When you think of the word body justice, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I think what that means to me is really educating everyone we can, as many people as possible, about body diversity and um, dismantling diet culture everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, my hope is that one day, you know, right now I know it's a $70 billion industry and I, I hope one day that number is zero. Yes. Amen to that. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Hopefully we live to see that day. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Where can listeners find you in your work, Kate? Definitely. Um, so I do have a website. It's um, katedancytherapy.com, um, which has all my contact information. Um, and then there's the website of the Eating Disorder Center in Rockville. Um, or I'm on Instagram, um, kate.dancy, K-A-T-E dot D-A-N-S-I-E. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. And I hope this was enjoyable for you too. Thank you. It absolutely was. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.